Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. After all, afternoon all, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. Uh, you've tuned in for the call. Ten stocks uh, picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. Let's bring them in as we speak. Uh, Mark Morland from Team Invest. Um, thank you for popping by on the way to the airport. You're most welcome. Uh, uh, off to Japan tonight. Yes, yes. Bit good. of skiing, yeah, ski yeah, well. Yep, yep. Yeah. Good, hopefully. All right, yeah. My wife said, do you want me to put this uh, knee brace in that you used yeah. to use? Or is that, or is that a bad <laughs> omen? And I thought, that's a very good point. And I put it in just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only a spouse can, can get away with that. Mark Gardner from, from uh, MPC, of course. How are you, mate? You not well? too bad, mate. I'm not going to Japan. I'd have to, I'd have to rent my own plane with the amount of kids I've got. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah exactly, and, exactly uh, right. With not, the tribe. Not at this stage. But, uh, but yeah, no, it... Um, it's been an interesting, interesting sort of start to the week so far. So. It has been really interesting. Uh, part of that interest we'll get to uh, in a tick. Um, this half hour, we're going to cover off Whitehaven Coal, Sigma Healthcare, Data3, Auckland Airport, and the Global X Fang ETF. But as Mark was saying, interesting day, Judo, Capital Judo Bank, the small business bank. Uh, it shares uh, eyeing the best day ever today after the company posted a 24% jump in first half net profit uh, before tax to $67 million. Looking ahead, company has provided guidance forecasting full-year profit uh, before tax between $107 and $112 million, targeting profit growth 15%, FY25. Expects profit in the second half of the year to be in the range of 40 to 45 million. Uh, results will be released to the market February 20. Um, uh, Mark Gardner, this has been um, a really good update from uh, from Judo. Took the market a bit by surprise. It did. It got a downgrade. Yes, mm. or on the 21st, I believe, um, which was we were just discussing before we went on air. Pretty bold move, and yeah. to be completely wrong as well. Um, you know, this is a it's it's a pretty simple business model. Uh, I mean, they basically got a uh, banking license during the Royal Commission because the big four didn't want to service the small medium enterprises um, and. And essentially, it's run by a bunch of guys, well, who have essentially got backgrounds from the big four yeah. in, in this, you know, in that sort of enterprise. So, obviously, it was only listed um, sort of back late twenty twenty two. Everything on their prospectus, every target they've um, they've set so far um, in in all their AGMs, etc., they have uh, they're pretty much one hundred percent, if not one hundred percent. They've got, you know, their CET one ratio is um, is the highest of any bank in Australia. Uh, it's sixteen. It's dropped a little bit, but it's sixteen point two still. But you would expect them to hold higher yep. capital margin, obviously, because they're slightly riskier loans. But their credit quality is very good, um, and their net interest margin three point oh two. They were they did I think they borrowed some money uh, coming out of COVID from the RBO TFF. Um, and essentially, they've got to they've got to pay that back by the end of this financial year. But that brings that's going to bring their NIM down to two point nine. But I think that a lot of analysts had 
I thought the NIM would get savaged a, a lot harder than that. Yep. Um, so at 2.9, I mean, the two of the big four are nowhere near, they're less than half of that yep. overall. So I don't And their, their founders, ex NAB, I think they, they yeah. were for years and years really experienced founders. I caught up with them. Uh, end of last year, they were really annoyed, really annoyed, mm. and quite rightly by the look of this update, um, saying the market just didn't understand yeah. their business that well and wouldn't even come and talk to them about the metrics, yeah. uh, which was reflected in a downgrade two days before a great update. Which, yeah, which was, again, completely wrong. Ask so, it, yeah. yeah, it... Um, and I and look, they've beaten. You know, they've gone and you know uh, sourced APRA um, numbers and things, which were obviously uh, from you know from the part of too far back because they you know that wasn't the case here. They yeah. actually beat those. You know, they beat those numbers as well. So we got them in our balanced and our um, alpha portfolio as well. Right. We bought eighty fours recently for which is more of our short term um, recommendation service. But the um, but in our balance portfolio, this is the sort of thing we'll just basically add to it over over time. We've only so got about one and a half percent in there at the moment. So dollar nine, it's coming off its yeah. lows today. It's had a bit of a pop up. One thirteen buying at a dollar nine. Um, yeah, but, but just with the view that it, you know it's probably it's probably a long term play, and yeah. uh, but they just they seem to consistently deliver. Um, and I, I think, you know, on a three to five year basis, this could be the sort of thing that's at four or five bucks, um, potentially, because they're, they're growing at a really nice rate. They're very, very disciplined with their capital. Um, and all they've, got to do, all they've got to do is take a small okay. bite out of the big four. So, so the big banks are under pressure mm. at the moment. The fintechs are under pressure. Um, is this the standout for you in the banking sector? Yeah, but be, be conscious of allocation size, though. I mean, it's yeah. still an early stage business. I don't think you're throwing the kitchen sink at it. Um, it's not like a CBA or Macquarie, for instance. But um, but it's just definitely one that I think will just okay. that'll tick away very nicely. I mean, even their even their um, AGM and their investor presentations. It's like they hired, they've hired the same uh, graphic designer as CBA. It's, it's, all, it's almost right. you know bang on. So I think that's that's probably a reflection of that's you know their, what their uh, their vision is to be right. and start taking a bite okay. out of the big boys. Uh, Mark, uh, haven't been listed long enough for no, team investors. It's only got two years. Um, the, the story is that they've got quite a good story. I'd be a bit more wary of the uh, niche they're in. Now, they've got a nice niche with the small, medium businesses because uh, Mark is right, the big banks basically don't want to lend to them. Mm, the, the base yeah. of the big banks are building societies. Mm. <laughs> they want to lend on uh, residential mortgages is really all they want to do. But anyway, so there's a, there's a, there's a nice market there, but it also has... Uh, potentially bigger credit risks over time, you know, from and that's the thing you got to watch because their net interest margin, the NIM, yeah. I was talking about, is is very good at the moment. That could get savage very quickly if if your loan board yeah, deteriorates. Sure. So you got to look at the cycle, you know, where a, we're at. But it's way above any other bank, isn't that's it? That's right. Yeah, well, that, well, that's true. But we don't bank. we don't generally like the banks anyway at the moment. So yeah. so that all looks good. Uh, just from the preliminary numbers that I can see, return on equity is only five point one though. We have a minimum of ten. Yeah. Uh, CBA is on. They're, they're, I'm not sure what CBA is now. Be around that probably, but maybe anyway. Yeah, it's, I it's, think it's, it's about eleven or twelve. Yeah, it's yeah. still a little bit about that. So it wouldn't meet our uh, basic numbers anyway uh, yet. But it's we need another three or four years. But it it, it looks encouraging, right? Mm. And if they can manage if they can manage the um, the loan book and and maintain uh, high collection rates and so on, then uh, they'll do well. Okay. All right. Good one. All right, let's get on to the stocks that you want us to uh, pass our eye over. And uh, the first one uh, from Brent, 
wants a view on Whitehaven Coal. Now, Brent says, uh, keen for an opinion, particularly through the lens of their recent acquisition of BHP's coal assets. I really, I don't love coal in general. This is Brent. Uh, but I'm hearing it will still be required for decades and given new coal projects are struggling to get funding. Um, my thesis is, now that management have scratched their rich to use some of their money they were sitting on, they have an in-demand product with coal supply waning in time. Also, given the acquisition costs, will dividends not be paid in the short term and be reinstated when the balance sheet is stronger? Uh, Mark? Good, good question, Brent. Mm. Yeah, well, there's a few dimensions to that. Yeah. Um, initially, I would say I think Whitehaven, well, I'm pro coal from an investment point of view. I think right. there's decades to go. Like, there will still yeah. be digging coal out in 30 years, in my view. So uh, it's, the use of coal is growing around the world. Forget what the, the rhetoric is. Yep. Uh, and places like Germany and stuff using coal now where they used to be nuclear. I mean, <laughs> some, mm. some of the decisions that have been made have been bizarre. But anyway, so there's plenty of market for coal, but it is a commodity. And Whitehaven has been creaming it from a um, uh, profit point of view and cash flow. And their, their PE ratio is about two, I think, 2.6 oh, yeah. wow. 2, 2. or something, um, which is you know, ridiculous. Uh, 2.6, yeah. Got down to 1.8. In other words, their earnings would pay you back in two years. Yeah. Right. yeah so if the coal's if they're going to be around for another 20, 30 years, what's wrong with this story? Yeah. Mm. And the answer is nothing. So unless you have some sort of ESG mindset where you don't want to invest in coal, which is your choice. Yep. And that's probably part of the reason why the um, the PE is so low. Um, I think it's a, a screaming bargain. Uh, it's actually, if you look at the earnings, the earnings jumped up quite strongly through um, 22, 23. So the EPS growth rate's running at about 50%, which is very high. Uh, who knows what will happen with the price? But the price can come off a fair way and Whitehaven will still be uh, very Making good. lots of money. Yes, yeah, so I, I think there's very, very low risk on Whitehaven, is my view. They've so been paying big dividends. They've been paying 9% franc. Yeah. Will, will they keep paying Well, that, that, I, I don't know what the implications are for the acquisition to the dividend. I'm not sure because right. we don't follow it in detail. <clears throat> right. uh, but the question was, would they go back to paying dividends? I'm sure they will. Yep. Or some sort of capital management, mm. you know, buyback shares or uh, whatever. But it's, yep. uh, I think it's cheap. I'll say it's a buy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, they maintained their dividend last year yeah. and they had the share buyback. So right. that's yeah. why they're, I mean, Yan Coal, for instance, Double. is 23% fully franked. Um, Whitehaven could have paid that, but they decided to do a 2.2 bill buyback. They decided to halt that buyback um, after being barely halfway through. Uh, and then they decided to acquire, which I, I think is a smart, is a smart play yeah. because... You've essentially got no, you've got no supply coming in after you. Yeah, um, that's right. And look, from an ESG point of view, and I say this to my clients all the time, you might not like coal, but you'll like the dividends. Um, and I mean, and realistically, if you are of an ESG mindset, the government's made the decision to stop um, approving new coal mines. It's still going to get sold, so why not take these, you know, ten yeah. percent plus dividends for, that are fully franked and go and push them into um, into green projects? And mm. and that logic is sort of is sort of seen people who um, from our book have, um, who had an ESG filter have sort of said, yeah okay that makes a bit right. of sense. So it's also clear it's better coal anyway. It's better. That's the other thing we don't sell our coal. Yeah, a lot of these countries are going to use way inferior coal, which is way more polluting. So right. mm. and metallurgical coal as well. Yeah. I mean we can't build yeah. wind turbines and things without without metallurgical coal at this stage. So um, we've got Yan Coal and New Hope at the moment. Um, and look, Whitehaven is just with that 
uncertainty around the um, uncertainty around the acquisition. Uh, everyone who's bought an asset off BHP, Stanmore uh, in particular, Glencore. Uh, um, yeah, everyone's done pretty well out of those assets. Um, so Glencore paid for theirs out of the money that was in the lockbox through the, the period where they made the deal to settle. By the time they had oh, to settle, okay. there was enough cash in the business to pay for the deal. They got, no. they got, they got it for nothing. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, look, it. Um, yeah. So, but we've we've got about anywhere you know five to ten percent um, allocation to coal across the portfolios because them, and they both had uh, Yang Coal and Whitehaven both had pretty reasonable updates. They're selling at at least six percent higher uh, margin too. The coal prices dropped back to about one hundred and twenty-seven US. It was yeah. obviously. You know that four hundred dollar mark at one stage, but however, that just enabled them to pay off all their debt. So their rent now, their running costs, with all their debt gone, it's yeah. just a really clean business. So uh, they they all have low cost of production, aren't they? They're very efficient miners. Yeah, and scale. ironically, two and a half PE is like the top of the range it's, it's, for the last two years. It's like it's bizarre. Yeah. But the other thing too is because of the fact that you can't get permits for new mines and so on. Yeah. Normally. When there's prices, commodity prices go high, it brings on supply. That's not happening with this. It can't. There's no supply on coal, which is a that's an unusual dynamic. It's not the way the market normally works. Which means they're going to make more money for longer. So I'm I'm in the higher coal price, not lower coal price. Mm. But a lot a lot of people say, a lot of analysts say, you won't get big capital growth out of them because of the ESG filters on on, bigger, on yeah. big institutional investors. What you'll say? Who cares? Is yeah. If, if you're you, paying, if it stays at 2.5 PE. Yeah. How could it go any lower than that? I mean, that's absurd anyway. But yeah. it's, it stays yeah. there and they're growing at 40% a year earnings, paying 10% or more dividends. Go, who's kidding who? You're yeah. doing really, really well. Yeah, look, so, if, so are you saying a buy? Abs- yeah, a buy I mean, I have but you. You prefer New Hope and Yankol? New Hope and Yankol at the moment. Yankol, particularly for the dividends, have got a large Chinese shareholder, so they, they just they like to pay dividends right. out so um but i mean look the, i would expect the dividends to, to pull back a little bit anyway because the coal price has moderated quite a bit it's down 50 percent in the last uh year yeah. to, to right. date so you probably expect those to to pull back so it's still a buy for you uh yeah it's still a buy okay. I, yeah the longer it I survives the other two the longer it survives if it lasts 10 years as, as mark said you'll pay your investment off in two to three years so yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's free yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, next stock, um, Daryl wants a view on Sigma Healthcare. Um, Mark Gardner. Um, mm. uh, Daryl says, could you comment on the merger of Chemist Warehouse and Sigma? Sigma, no doubt, Chemist Warehouse founders would be able to extract significant synergies mm. out of the merged company and with overseas expansion. Looks like it will trade on multiples less than other overseas expansion stories. Yeah, the cost synergies around the 60 million uh, per annum, uh, which they'll achieve over the next four years is what's expected. Um, One of the bigger risks is obviously the ACCC. They do have 940 of 6,000 pharmacies in Australia. So, um, and and, um, Australian Clinical Labs and um, merger was knocked back recently and Roughly around, you know, sort of same. A and the Pharmacy Guild. I'm not sure who's a more powerful opponent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with this merger going through. <laughs> yeah, but there, it is a it is a pretty smart um, to find two businesses that are in that are not necessarily competing, but in similar with cost synergies yep. in the middle. Is in, you know, it's it's not a bad idea, really. Um, I think uh, you obviously saw it spike on that that first day, and it's it's peeled back a little bit because. I'm, I believe that you know that ACCC risk is is probably why it's pulled back. Um, I, I dare say it'll it'll start to head north um, in the event that 
you know, we get we get it confirmed. I think it's around about July um, July first, twenty twenty four, is when they expect yep. the whole deal to go through. So we'll just keep an eye on it at this stage. Um, I mean, if you bought into it uh, prior to that announcement, I mean, surely you just hold on. Um, yep. Best result you've had in you know a couple of years. Um, and you know, it, they, Would it's going to be a bunny in. Uh, I yeah, look if. If you think it's going to go through, yes, I suppose you would, because I think it'll be in, it will improve both businesses and they will be cost synergies. Um, but look, it's not. I, I mean, from our point of view, I, we're not really taking the risk at the moment. We'd rather um, right. see how it all pans out. So just so. A, okay. So no new money. If you're in it, hold it. Mm. Would you take profits? after the pop-up in case a merger doesn't go through? We do tend to have a rule to sort of take some off the table. Um, just, you know, but which is the important case of the of the peak of that chart. On that first day, we, will, we probably would have taken off sort of 30 to 50% because it always tends to right. rally on the announcement and then people bring up issues with it. Um, so yeah, I, I think if you've held from now, I'm, you, you're holding long-term, right. I would say. Okay. So, because you, you're holding on for those cost synergies to come through. Sure. Uh, I'd sell it now. And the reason is Sigma's been a very mediocre business for a long time. If you look at their earnings back pre-COVID, they were flat for about five years at about five or six cents a year. They're now one cent. And they they dropped down into loss in COVID, then jumped back up to to about 12 cents and then back down again. And now they're at one. And the return on equity is 1%. Right. Which is... it is only 15% of the new business, though. It's 85% chemist warehouse. Well, so, if it happens. Yeah, if it happens. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's a tough business, though. Mm. I think chemist warehouse mm. and Sigma, it's a difficult business. Ne- neither of them have done really well, from my observations, over ex- any sort of extended period of time. And what we're looking for is consistent earnings growth, whereas theirs has been negative 35 over the last six years. So, yeah. th- so 35%, which is really bad. Chemist warehouse at Dumbo, they have good founders, good family yeah. there. Mm. But it was mediocre though. Right. So it's still it's okay. I'm not saying yeah. it's going to go broke, but mm. it's it's uh, is chemist. What's their code? They're gonna, no, not not listed. Not listed. No, listed. No, okay. So I don't know yeah, yeah. what it is. Unlisted, but Sorry. but it it's been a massive massive success story. Sort yeah. of. It's like the buddings of chemists, isn't it? What what it is Bunnings, everywhere. What yeah. Bunnings did yeah. the hardware. But the hard part, if, if it's if it's a private company as well, is yeah. to know what that means. And then, yeah. um, so anyway, it's just from a, from a point of view, Sigma has always been very weak. So we've never touched it. Right. And okay. I think because it's jumped up now, and I'd, I'd, I'd bail out of it. Because even if they get the uh, synergies, which is always an if, by the way, because there's always oh, yeah. a plan. There's a level of planned synergies in any any merger. Yep. And they may, they may eventuate or they may not. Yep. So set, take advantage of the higher price yep. now. One... If and when the merger goes through, then you reassess it. No, 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 no. We wouldn't even reassess it then. Because yeah, even then, it, what we'll have is we'll have no history then right. on Chemist yeah, yeah. Warehouse. So we'll get a starting statement of what it is. Yeah. And then we go, then sure, we'll have a look at it in the next four or five years after right. that. Yeah, okay. you're speculating on yeah. where the management is going point. to execute, yeah. I suppose. So, yeah. I mean, it just, just depends on your risk tolerance. Yeah. yeah. And okay. if you're going to speculate, why not speculate on something that actually has a lot more upside? Like what happened? Right. Good point. All right. Um, uh, Mark Moll and Bob wants a view on Data3, yes. information technology, okay. uh, technology this business. Is a, this is an excellent company. It's been a, tel- a team invest uh, wealth winner for uh, 15 years. Oh, wow. So, long time. 
Yeah. Uh, it's one of Howard's best performing stocks. Right. You know, that he's, he's held all the way through. I, I sold out eight years ago. Yeah. Because uh, it was going nowhere for a while. Yeah. <laughs> as what happens with a lot of good companies is that, like CSL's done that as well, where it'll have a run up and then nothing happens for about three or four years. And if you're not in it, you don't get the, and then it goes bang, but it jumps up and then people buy it and then it goes flat again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but overall, right. the return's been well over 20% compound. Jeez. That's That's the point. So quality business. Why, Why is it so good? Uh, it's been very well run. They've got a, they've got an interesting niche in the business. Basically, what they do is they provide uh, they have relationships with Microsoft and all the big uh, tech suppliers for computing right. and so on and Dell and everybody. And they do mainly government contracts and big corporates. And the deal is like Microsoft will sell fifty million dollars worth of computers to the uh, public to the government, and then Data Three implemented all. So Data Three only right. make very small margin, like one percent yeah. or something, but they have no risk, no credit risk. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's guaranteed money. So even though it looks like it's a really low profit margin, if you really look at it, it's not because <laughs> right. not, they're, not, they're not financing it at all. Mm. And then basically they sell services on top and consultancy as well. But they've, they've gone through every iteration of what's happened with the progression of compute successfully. Right. So they've managed to, whatever's, when it's changed from hardware to software, now we're going AI, they're already, they, they will, They'll sell whatever anyone wants to buy, right. and they're very, very good at keeping it on on the front line of that. It was found a CEO for a long time, right? And he's he's gone. They've been still. Oh, it's still five really years. Good. It shot the lights out. Yeah. The only problem with it is it's been expensive. So right. it's so uh, nine twenty five now. It's yeah. Well, I'll tell you, see at the moment it's showing we're showing eight percent return on a margin of safety and seventeen on default. And what that means is default is what per year for the next five years if they continue doing what they've been doing. Uh, and they have had very high stability, so there's mm. good reason to say they will. You'll get 17% a year total return, right. and margin of safety takes the weakest elements in their in their in their business over the last six years and extrapolates it forward. It's right. not a discounted cash flow, and that's eight. Right. So if I was going to buy it, it's currently on a 39 PE, which is in the red, which is in top quartile of its PE oh, range. Right. Yeah, it so it's, yeah. it, it's, you don't want to buy it in the red; you want to buy it in the green, which mm. is the other end, or in the black. So that would give you a buy price of, to be in the green, it would need to be $7. It's currently $9.38. And to be in the black, it'd be $8.50. So I'd say it's definitely a buy, but not at this prices. I go something like $7.50 or something. And they say, can you get it for something $7.50? Well, if I just have a look at the quick look at the uh, prices, um, in the last year, $6.05, trailing 12 months, $4.60 in 23, $4.30 in 22, they're the lows. Right. So absolutely, right. you can get it. You just got to be okay. patient. We'll put an order in. So if you're in it, hold it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy it at 750. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you can buy it here at the moment. Um, and obviously, you know, you know, if we are looking at economic softening uh, over the next 12 months, um, which, you know, calling rate cuts obviously suggests, uh, then, you know, ordering, even though, you know, even though obviously they don't really take a risk with inventory or anything like that. Um, you know they may they may have a reduction in orders um, overall, so I think you'll probably get another opportunity. Um, but it's one of those it's one of those ones where businesses that is just incredibly stable, and the fact that they essentially it's just a. Yeah, you know, they've they've already pre-sold something before they go and buy it. Mm. So that that's because we couldn't work out why people love this so much with that one to two percent margin. You and we dug around for ages, and then yeah. we just went, yeah, oh, that's why. Okay, right. right, because they don't take any risk at all. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of acceptable. <coughs> it's also a moat because because it's so low a margin, mm. it's not going to attract any competitors. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So so that's another mm. thing too. It's very very they've got very very sticky clients. And Mortimer's point about you know. 
because they're positioned themselves with all these you know long-term customers um they, they've made themselves the go-to guys for the yep. next phase so yeah, yeah. if ai wasn't on the horizon and um there's always something uh, that i i would i would think this would be you know a fair bit cheaper i think that's probably why it's trading expensive is because yeah. I think the default is well. They've you know they managed to switch from hardware to software. To, you yeah. know if any any new fad that comes along, um, they, these guys are going to be the first people to get asked. So, uh, but I, I think you will get it cheaper at some stage. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's um, it's definitely one of those ones you sort of put Great on a list to buy buy on a dip. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, a hold. Well, I'm a hold here at the moment if you've got it. But I, I, I okay. couldn't put fresh money unless you unless you're willing to be a little bit out of the money at some yep. stage because okay. you I, you inevitably probably yep. will be. Okay. So. Okay, Cheng, uh, Mark Gardner wants a view on Auckland International Airport. The, uh, as the name suggests, it runs the airport. Unlike the old Sydney airport that leased the land, Auckland Airport does own the land, mm. and so it's a bit of a property play as well. I've been doing some developments and stuff yes. as well. I haven't looked at this for ages. Um, mainly because it's not really a business that we're remotely looking at at the moment. Um, if it's from a why? travel... Why wouldn't you be? I just don't. Look, we can... It's the sort of thing that, you know, you you don't need to take the risk with these sorts of companies anymore right. when you can get such high rates and fixed income yep. that are basically risk-free. So we want to get these sorts of businesses extraordinarily cheap um, and, and almost feel like we've got to guarantee capital growth. Um, right. To you know, it's stuff like you know Telstra and things. Yeah, they're they're the sort of things we've just eliminated and replaced with fixed income because it's just hassle free and it's right. seven point two for A grade bonds. So uh, with with hybrids. So um, in the in the travel space, corporate travel we still think is extraordinarily cheap. Um, that's where you know we've got our money for, for travel. Um, but yeah, I I didn't really get too much of a chance to have too much of a look in. But it's, the yield's too low for me, um, and yeah, I, I just I would rather sleep at night with yep. with some hybrids on and and possibly try to pick this up at, at sort of cheaper levels. But um, you know, they've had a pretty rough time of it, and um, I, yeah, don't feel the need Not to take the risk. Mark, it's a shocker. Right. Um, just looking, I've never looked at it, but you know, just looking at all the numbers in the history, uh, its return on uh, equity is 1.9%. And yeah. it peaked back at about 9.6 in 2018. In 2018, leading up to that, it was actually growing reasonably nicely. So it was looking good. And ever since then, it's just been downhill all the way to 22. And it's now making 12 cents from 42 cents. Right. So it's making about less than a quarter of what it used to make a few years ago. Yep. And it's just ticked up a little bit down the bottom. We've got a negative uh, growth rate of 34% a year. It's on an ATP. Negative growth rate. Yeah, negative. So those earnings are being declining. Yep. You know, that's not what you're looking for. We're looking no. for earnings that are appreciating. Yep. It's really simple. Yep. So why would you do it? And, and the PE is really high. Now, why the PE is so high, I would suspect, is because the share price hasn't gone down as much as it should have, right. based on the performance of the business, because that's that's related to earnings. Yeah, and I think there's been a fair bit of upfront capital uh, being put into yeah. the business. I think with this, they're developing some of that property, etc. Yeah. Okay. So infrastructure players can quite often have those really high PEs yeah. because they've spent yeah. their money upfront. Right. So. And yields half a percent, so right. it's got no dividend either. Going to yeah. Mark's point, you know, right. if you're looking for income, this is this, this ain't it. But most people would look at that and think that's like a REIT, but it's not. Right. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, Fitstock. Um, Paul wants a view on the Global X Fang ETF. Of course, Fang is what Facebook, Alphabet, Netflix, and Apple. Google. Apple. Uh, or Apple. 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 Netflix. Netflix and Google. Yeah. Um, Paul says, uh, "Is this a wealth winner?" 
Paul, get it in the team investors uh, lingo, lingo, lingo good, yeah, like where you continue to hold for a long time, uh, long term while picking up more and more over time on weakness. What's Mark's verdict? Okay, that's an interesting question. I've never even seen this before. And for some reason, it, I, th- we don't, I don't think we have ETFs on our system. No. Anyway, I looked it up. Yeah. And it's the 10, it's the 10 uh, top tech stocks. Yep. Yeah, yep. So uh, if th- they have been the biggest growth in the NASDAQ last year, yep. obviously. Yeah. This is about a $400 million uh, market cap, I think, going on memory. And they've got a management fee of 0.35 of 1%, yep. which is pretty low. Uh, it's a simple way of investing in the cream of the uh, NASDAQ high growth businesses. Yep. And I think all of those businesses are going to be net beneficiaries of the AI boom. And they're going to be early, the companies will be able to capitalize on it fastest. Like Microsoft, they're already doing it. Yep. So I think I'm very bullish about the uh, those the US tech stocks. So I've got direct shares, not yeah. in all of them, but I'm right. in I'm in Nvidia. Nvidia is their biggest position, by the way, right. and I, I suspect it is the biggest position because, because it the grew 230 yeah. percent last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. Um, I think it's very good. So I'd, I'd say it's a, quite an interesting way of doing it if you don't want to go through the hassle of having direct shares yep. in the US, which is is a bit of a pain in the ass. And and it. It sticks to its label. So yeah, you're doing the yeah. top 10 stocks. Mm-hmm. Do, yeah, it's virtually doubled in the last 12, 12 months. So it's reflected that and massive I think, I think, performance. I think their growth is going to continue. I mean, text. I remember it wasn't long ago when we were speculating on which company was going to be right. the first trillion dollar company. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. yeah. And then now we've got three trillion dollar companies. And I bet you in five years we'll have 10 trillion dollar companies. Right. Mm. All from the tech area. And it'll all be tech stocks. Yep. Huh? Um, I, not for me at these prices, but I, I like the guy. I, I like the viewer's strategy. Um, and just look, I would just probably just dollar average over yeah, yeah, over the course of time. Um, right. I think uh, the average PEs around the fifty mark. Um, they've already had a, a pretty fairly extraordinary run. Um, essentially, with those AI stocks, um, a lot of the studies basically, uh, you know, the US stock market has pretty much already achieved uh, or and shot through the amount of um, uh, in market cap value, so I think it was about 170 or uh, billion or trillion dollars. Sorry, uh, sorry, 14 trillion dollars, and then we but it's gone to 17 trillion dollars already being priced in, and they don't reckon that 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 won't come until 2030 is the is the top of the yeah. uh, forecast. So. A lot's been priced in very early. Same sort of thing happened in 2021, uh, sorry, 2001, um, when we went, you know, the internet's going to change the world, and it did change the world, but everyone got a little bit too excited too early. Um, look, maybe these maybe these expectations have been ramped up. Um, I just think it's, it's a touch expensive at the moment. See, but, but, it, but that, that was Paul's point. Um, invest in the long term, pick up more on weakness. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. No, that's, so that's, you, what yeah, that's, I was, that's what I was agreeing to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, and I agree with that as well. We, we will be buying... And buying of those two, it's, so also it's an average over the 10, of course. Yeah. So some are, like I would argue, NVIDIA is not expensive at the right. moment based on depending on what earnings you give them going forward. Mm. Um, our tech stocks are a lot more expensive pro rata than the US anyway because we don't have many, which goes back to that. Yes. Mm. Maybe why Data3 is so expensive as well. We, we don't have yeah. a lot of choice. T&E, Data3, yeah. WiseTech are all, PME, all yeah. expensive. Really yeah. expensive, right? much yeah. more than the US. But some, but some are cheap and some aren't. Like Apple at the moment, we're showing we're turning 29% a year. So even though it's in the red on the P at 38, their growth rate still, mm. it's, mm. it's, they've got Justin Fires. Their forward yeah. growth has been fantastic, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, NVIDIA yeah, will have a rocky run at yeah. some stage this year because the CEOs literally promised stuff that 
he cannot possibly deliver. They can't actually produce the amount. The data centers can't take the amount of um, GPUs they're producing because they won't take them anymore. They can't sell to China. So at some stage, that'll have have an issue, but you'll probably buy it again. I've got a different story to that. It was was more more constrained on supply rather than sales. They they can sell, as far as I understand, they can sell anything they can produce. They're selling it. Yeah, but the data centers can't take them because they they suck too much power, basically. So some oh, of the d- data centers are knocking them back overall. So mm. yeah, it. Um, but we'll see because. Yeah. It, but it, but he does he does promise an an enormous game. Like there's no wiggle room for for any sort of error really. So, but having said that, the moment it dips, I'd be very happy to buy. It. Right. But it's just I think at these current prices, it's overpriced. Okay. But, but right. dollar um, cost average. Dollar cost average for sure. For, yep. Yep. Paul, uh, your strategy is a good one. Because the other problem, with, just lastly on that, is when you've got 10 stocks like that, yeah. you can't sell by when they all go down because they won't all go down together. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like Facebook last year you know, went down massively and mm. I listened to too much noise out there going, oh, don't buy Facebook because they're terrible. And yeah. of course, they've doubled, Bounce tripled back. now wherever they were. It was mm. so cheap. It was yeah. cheap. They yeah. still had really good earnings. Anyway, the point is, dollar cost average is the way to go. Okay. All right. Uh, let's recap the first five stocks. Stock of the day with Judo. Uh, long-term buy from Mark Gardner. Uh, hasn't been listed um, long enough for uh, Mark uh, Mullen to, uh, and team investor give it a view. Uh, Whitehaven, the two marks, uh, uh, buy from both. Uh, Mark Gardner likes uh, New Hope and Yankhol more, but likes that whole coal sector. Uh, Sigma, a hold from Mark Gardner, a sell from Mark Morlin. Uh, Data 3, uh, a hold from both. You've had a fantastic run. Um, Mark Morlin saying, look, if it dips back to $7.50, well, then that's a good price to be buying at. It's above $9 today. Uh, Auckland Airport, a no from both. Uh, and the Global X Fang is a good way if to get into that top 10 tech stocks uh, in America, if you believe in that. There will be setbacks along the way, dollar cost average, buy on weakness. Uh, but outlook for years to come looks pretty good. Uh, here at the call, we've been tracking our uh, high conviction fantasy fund picked by the investment committee. Last committee meeting back in December, didn't have a January one because of the break. Um, in December, uh, ResMed Car Group, John's Ling were added, Wes Farmers, RPM Global, MA Financial uh, took profits on, uh, and the um, portfolios up 18.5% at the moment. Uh, the uh, February investment committee meeting coming up in sort of 10 days' time will be up on the platform. Uh, this half hour, look at Orica, Wesfarmers, Aluka Resources, Transurban, and Seek. Uh, Serena, Mark Gardner wants a view on Orica, the uh, uh, leading manufacturer supplier of explosives and blasting systems, 100 countries around the world? Yeah, look, they had sort of had tailwinds um, until all the battery, you know, uh, mining operations sort of started to fall out of bed recently. Um, they picked up a company, Terra Insights. Um, it's expected to, to grow 8% Kogar. Um, a few analysts are basically saying that they, you know, that was a fairly rich price for it. Some are saying, you know, it, it's, it was relatively cheap, so it was very, very mixed there. Um, yeah, look, it's it's just ranged, as you can see on that chart there. And I think even if you go back to the five-year chart, it's just, it's sat in a range for a very long period of time. Um, it's not, re- I obviously 
you know, if you're going to play the range, you're not pro- you don't want to really make the mistake of buying, you know, at the top of the range. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, for now, so yeah, potentially look at it at cheaper prices. Um, but I think we've had a string of pretty horrible results for some of these mining companies recently. Um, like you know, Minres was what well, got smacked yesterday. Obviously, yeah. Core Lithium decided to just stop halt production and. So look, I, there's a bit of uncertainty going around in that in the industry at the moment um, around the, the prices for the for nickel prices for copper prices for lithium. Um, so there's probably you know these these guys you, you want to be buying them when there's yep. you know the the uh, the miners have got their tails up and they and you know and they're winning. Um, so yeah, but I'd probably just revisit uh, at another stage or you know towards the bottom of the range okay. when it's genuinely cheap, but not Mark, for me now. Uh, it's been an underperformer for a decade. It's um, in fact, as Mark said, they've actually had a. I would argue they've had a tailwind, and yet with a tailwind, they've done miserably. Mm-hmm. So their return on equity is um, six or something, uh, five point. Sorry, uh, return on equity. Where are, they? Where are we? Um, is get the right place. Is um, seven point nine and five percent return on capital, which is when you add debt in as well. It's about half of what our minimum is. So this is just a company that's been pretty poor. Its earnings uh, stability is low and it's done 5.7% EPS growth but with 60% stability, which is that fails from our point of view. But if mm. I look at the graph on earnings, forget share price, <clears throat> it's a zigzag with fairly heavy troughs every few years right. and never been above like they've never got back to what they made in 2014. Okay. So I wouldn't touch it. Uh, we're showing a return if you own it now of 0.4 of 1% per year on a margin of safety and 8% on default. Mm. It, it's PE's 23, which is in the, the top of the green for them. So the PE's the only thing that passes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Chuck wants to view Mark Morland on Wes Farmers, um, the big conglomerate famous for, for Bunnings, Kmart, Officeworks, and now Priceline, but is also got chemical businesses in there. It's got a big lithium deposit as well. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's got a lot of fans, uh, West Farmers. Yep. And I think and, and when people think of West Farmers, they think Bunnings, and that's only one part of it. Yep. So it's a difficult business to really uh, value, I would argue. But it's um, its debt's quite high at the moment. It fails on debt for us, 134% debt to equity. P is about 26. We're showing a returning negative 3% on a margin of safety and 6.5 on our default metrics, which is inflation. Yeah. So uh, P is pretty close to the red. Uh, return on equity is good. And the growth rate's been 5% per year average over the last six years with good stability, which is not spectacular. Right. And sales have, been, have actually gone down. They've gone down negative 2.6 per year over mm. that period. So they, they are extracting more profit out of the sales, but it's not a good trend. Mm. So no interest for me. I'd Not put it in the mediocre category. Okay. Investment committee took profits and sold out. Would you, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love West Farmers. Yeah. And I think they'll do quite well if household budgets get constrained and we do have an economic slowdown because they've got those really discount budget brands. Um, you know, we're an avid shopper at Kmart because we pretty much have to be trying, <laughs> trying to clothe everyone. And I've spent a fair bit of time in there buying Lego and God knows <clears> what, <throat> what else uh, over Christmas. So... Um, 
And look, obviously, Bunnings as well, I think it's still around about 50%. Uh, that Wes CEF, uh, obviously, the lithium um, yeah. LNG, that's not going to be great. So they've got this, they bought this lithium mine uh, at, at near the peak of prices, um, and yeah. <laughs> it's fallen about the lithium price based on the futures right. has fallen 78%, and they're, they're not going to open until middle of this year. Um, but having said that, I'd be out of it now, and I think. Um, you'll get a really good opportunity to buy it at probably a really cheap price um, over the course of the year at some stage. And, and, and it would be high on my list, but it's, it's, yeah, it's very much way overpriced for me. Um, and I think they'll probably, dis- like there's, there's been a real buoyancy in those retail stocks. So, and I think it's because it's in that consumer discretionary section, um, but it's a more complicated business than that. And I think it's, you know, it's called that bug. You've got a great opportunity to, to get out um, yeah. and, and, and just revisit it at, at probably, you know. So you'd maybe sell October. at these levels. Sell at these levels and yeah, have a yeah. look at it maybe in October. Me too. I'd, season. I'd sell too. Yep. Okay. All right. Next stock, uh, Nath uh, wants a view. Mark uh, Gardner on Aluka Resources. Uh, having a good day on the market today. Uh, Aluka shares up a bit. Sorry, on the ticker of up about 4% today. Uh, big global um, producer of mineral sands and critical metals uh, in South Australia, WA, um, around the place, and 20% shareholder in Deterra, the uh, the royalty business, um, which we talked about the other day here on the call. Um, yeah, which is a you know is the probably the performing thing. I think if you have a look at the one year chart, it's pretty horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, um, it's one of those things, you know, China basically controls the industry, the mineral sands industry, and it's like rare earth stocks. So, you, you've, you know, you've got to be strapped in for a bit of volatility and these sorts of things. Um, it probably is, is about as cheap as it's really going to get, but I don't know whether I bother catching the falling knife at this stage. Right. I'd maybe let let it let it stabilise for a period. Um, I, I think it's a good thing to have a stake in that deterrent. It's pretty um, it's a pretty solid business overall. Um, but I, you know, it would be a specky buy for me at absolute best. Um, I'd want to see just I just want to see things stabilise and and see how this year plays out. I don't think you necessarily need to be there, or if you you know if you want to sort of chart watch. I would wait till it stabilises, and then you start to see some momentum back to the okay. upside. Because at the moment, it, we've seen a lot of these stocks. Well, Judo is a good example. The re, you know they they had a um, it got sold off on the regional banks uh, like a year ago, and it's just struggled to find momentum ever yeah. since. And yeah. you've got to have a, it's got to have a massive reason for it to, to get back up. You know, um, anywhere near the prices it was a year ago. So I I just I, I put it on your watch list. Keep an eye on it. Um, if you've if you've got it and you're wearing some pain, I mean, you, I don't know whether I'd sell it down here necessarily. Um, I so you'd hold it? I'd probably hold it, yeah. Right. But, it, you know, if I'd bought it very recently, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably just, you know, take some risk off the table. But, I mean, if you're stuck with it, you're stuck with it, I suppose. Um, and okay. you'll be, you know, it'll mess with your head if you miss the, <laughs> miss the move back up. So, um, yeah, a little bit of headspace management there. All right. Mark Morland? Um, yeah, I was just looking. I'm just looking at it. Um, I think it's it really has to be looked at 
speculativity mm, because yeah. it's mineral sands. I have no idea of. Uh, well, I, I read the blurb and there's all these different things. You go, know, well, great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no way you know anyone lay person's going to be able to understand any of that before you'd even try and guess what the demand's going to be. High like grade the price of extraction and all that. Just synth ambrosia mine. Well, there you go. I have no idea. Zerka <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've got a, a, a bit about yeah. Yeah. Well, Zerka mine, well. but. Yeah. The rest so there, you know, if you look at if I look at the earnings, um, they were pretty flat uh, round for about from two thirteen to two nineteen. They jumped right up in twenty in COVID for some reason, and then they're back to being flat again at a little bit higher level than what it used to be. So, um, I mean, it, it's it's on a six PE, so uh, it's in a prospective area. That's all I can say. So yeah. maybe as a speculative type thing, we couldn't do with it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, look, I mean, we've got a, we've got a short-term portfolio, and we were like, yeah, maybe even not. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so um, <laughs> we'll just see okay. how it goes. Who knows? It could be really well, but I have no. All right. No, All right. No let's go, let's go for something a bit more reliable from Dan. Uh, Mark Morland wants a view on Transurban, uh, one of the world's biggest toll road operators. Hmm. Uh, we know them. Um, Seventeen toll roads in in Australia, five in the US, uh, one in Canada. Um, what do you think of Transurban? Uh, I think, I, uh, well, for me, it's a pretty poor business. Uh, I know people have these businesses from a, a, a yield point of view. The yield on no, no. Transurban is about 4.4, which okay. is, to me, 4.4. Well, they say it's defensive, don't they? Uh, you yeah, call it whatever you like, but it's, four, four, they're not, it's not yeah. going away. Yeah. You know, they, it's, 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 it's defensive in that people are going to keep driving. But if you look at their earnings, they sort of rose slowly up until 218 and they fell off. But not off a cliff, but a very big decline for four years to 21, and then they're slowly recovering. Yeah. I would have thought cars were back to yeah. the levels. Lock, lock, anyway. Lockdowns obviously yeah. hit us. So, yeah. all right, uh, ROE 0.8 of 1%. Right. So the problem you've got here is that, that and return on capital is 0.3 of 1%. Hmm. The, we always look at those as being a, a bit of a performance limiter on the business, because if, you've got a, if you're not getting a return on the capital employed in the business, how shareholders are going to get either a yeah. dividend or growth in the um, share price? So a lot of these companies then have massive debt, and, and then they, they can be paying dividends out of uh, debt just about to... So it's not necessarily related to earnings. It's very hard. I don't like uh, that. I don't like the whole they, that whole model at all. No, no. Toll roads and infrastructure yeah. and stuff like that. I just, as an old accountant, just can't figure out. It does my head in that you can borrow and pay dividends out of borrowing some well, things like that. I think that. it's ridiculous. Now that was great. By the way, that worked. Sense. That worked particularly through that period we've had, where you effectively had zero cost of money. Then yeah. you know, like you go, hello, hello. Not yeah. now, yeah. Which means, depending on what their their loan book is, I have no idea. You know how what uh, what the average term is and so on. When it rolls over, it's going to roll over at yeah. six or seven or eight percent. Yeah. Yeah. And then then hello, what does that do to your earnings? Yeah. Uh, it can't be good, can it? No. 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 And asset appreciation goes in as profit. Well, what, what are the assets worth? They're worth what they. Figure that out. You know, there's yeah. a multiple of what they earn is what they're worth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, look, this falls into the basket like, oh, you know, like so many defensive stocks that, you know, we, we've had to we've had to hunt for yield for 15 years in zero interest rates. Yes. Um, and when you still got companies like Coles, uh, Woolies, Telstra, all that trading at 20, you know, high 20 PEs, which was fair enough when that was the only place you could find stable um, yield yields. But if you go actually go back to prior to the GFC, yeah. those those companies' average PEs were under twenty, so oh, yeah. they're nearly fifty percent mm. basically, you know, uh, expensive in a way. Like I, I just look, you can get you can get great fixed income uh, rates at the moment. 
I just basically we sort of filtering out anything in this def- anything that's in this defensive range that's not yielding seven percent. This is why you know we'd yeah. rather sleep. So yeah. we it um, it really doesn't. It's really not anything we're particularly looking at um, because the you know high rates means you can get high rates. You yeah. don't have to make compromises and take risks anymore. Um, and there's a you know there's a place for that in your portfolio. Okay. All right. Our final stock, uh, Brooke wants a view. Uh, Mark Gardner on Seek, the big uh, employment platform uh, here and overseas as well, and um, has a bit of a venture capital arm to it as well in in the business uh, as um, employment jobs market starts to loosen. Will these guys be a beneficiary? Certainly, from the user side, I mean, there's a hundred and. 5,000 potential full-time users, uh, judging by the uh, the employment numbers last yeah. week. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm happy to say a whole because it's been a pretty decent business overall. Um, and it's, kind of, it's towards the top of the range. And I, I, look, I think they make more money out of obviously the, the businesses posting the ads. Um, we've got a, I don't think I don't think things get much better for them than three point nine percent unemployment rate. Um, mm-hmm. And and I and I think there's probably there's potentially some downside risk here. Um, it's but yeah, it, I I would say to sell maybe at this point in time mm-hmm. at best a hold for us. Um, and you know, it's extraordinarily high P. They've got some. Um, you know they've they've got some expansion plans, etc. Look, I'd, I'd rather see them play out and see how that expansion goes. But right. uh, I don't. I think the the under the underlying fact that this um, employment's definitely not going to three um, percent, but it could oh, go. No. To, it but could see, go to see if it, if it starts to loosen up and unemployment goes up, you know, employers up till now haven't had to advertise for uh, for staff, have mm. they? You know, if someone walks by and has a pulse, you know, you can get a job. Yeah. As unemployment goes up, um, do employers advertise more? Will more revenue go and, in? Is that is that? And they may, and they and they may do. And it just the, the fact is, is that it's sort of we're just not willing to speculate. Yeah. You know whether that's going to happen or not. Um, at this point, it just seems you know it's sort of yeah. towards the topish range. Um, but I'd certainly look at it cheaper because um, I, right. I don't mind the business overall. But cyclical for cyclical reasons, it'd be interesting to see how that does play out. Um, yeah. And you know, maybe employees don't have to advertise more because they've got people knocking knocking yeah, the doors yeah, knocking down. So door. I yeah, just you know, and and I don't like to um, I don't like to speculate on things I you, you absolutely can't predict. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's you know it, it it's had a fairly good run over the last sort of 12 months I think it's up um, it's relative about 20 odd percent or yeah. more so yeah I'd, I'd be taking was, that, was that. on the call relatively recently and a comment was made that um, I forget who was on the panel that um, the number of venture capital stocks new businesses they were invested in yeah okay. um, was sort of muddying the waters a bit in terms of was it a pure play employment platform stock um, no. Yeah, there's certainly so, which the was most, an interesting comment. The most dominant here in Australia. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it uh, it's not for us basically. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, well, it's it's it was actually a really good business back up until about two, 2016. Right. So if you go back, it had very strong growth. It had very strong moats. We liked it. It was yeah. a, it was definitely a wealth winner. Founded by the Bassett brothers. Yep, yep that's right. So founded CEOs like that. Mm-hmm. That's all, all ticks from our point of view. Uh, it actually. 
passes everything at the moment on our filters except for stability. And the stability is actually uh, 28%, which we want 80%. And the reason is share price has been, yeah, it, well, if you look at it, they were, they were doing, as I said, they, did, they picked it in 2016 and their return on equity was about 26 at the time and then went into a negative in, over COVID. And then they've jumped back strongly out of COVID and, then, and now, now it's 38 return on right. equity. So the, what that's done is the average over the six years for their earnings, we're showing 30% a year, but not with good stability. That's the problem. Mm. So you need both. If you have stability as well. So that makes it way less reliable, but it's in the bottom of the green right. from a PE point of view, from our point of view. Uh, and the, uh, here's a massive variation for you. Conscious investors saying returns for the next five years will be 108% a year on default or 0.9 of 1% on safety. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that's the biggest, yeah. that's the biggest wow. range I've seen for a long wow. time. <laughs> so in other words, uh, if, they can, keep, if they can keep this going, yeah. it's going to be fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a real bargain. Yeah. But if you want to be conservative about it, uh, I can tell you what the buy price is on. Uh, so we don't own it because it's been too all over the shop. Uh, we're saying if you want a 10% return on a margin of safety, you couldn't pay more than $16.48. And it's currently 25. 25. Right. Yeah. Right. So... But are it's you been, in? It's been a good business, but they've they made acquisitions and stuff. There's been, mm. you know, they 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 didn't keep it going, so yeah. they haven't performed as a business anywhere near as well as we would have liked to have stayed with them. So they're they're the three platform stocks, aren't they? Yeah. REA, yeah. car group, well, REA, car sales. REA has been, the, I would say, has been the probably the best. Yeah, you know, they've uh, they always we always worried about Murdoch. Which never happened. He never, he never yeah. actually did anything to to um, disadvantage retail shareholders. But we, we were always worried he was going to. Yeah. <laughs> so we largely didn't invest in it from right. way back, which right. is a bit disappointing. Right. But car sales has done all right too. Yeah. Yeah. In that sort of yeah. uh, revolutionised media. Yeah. Uh, those three platform stocks. That's for sure. Uh, all right. Let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Orica a no yeah. from the two marks. Wes Farmers a sell from the two marks at these levels. Uh, Aluka, uh, a no from uh, Mark Morland. Um, hold from Mark Gardner, because you've had so, so much pain, put on your watch list, because it just has suffered so much and uh, commodity prices do go in a cycle. And Mark Gardner posing the question, is this the bottom of the cycle? Um, if you've got the guts to go in. Uh, Transurban, a no from both. Um, and um, on C, Mark Morland has a no. Uh, Mark Gardner had a tentative hold verging on sell, yeah. I think, did he? And, so after Mark's, was... and after Mark's argument, I, I, I sort of tend to agree, you know. If you, oh, so now you've you swung to the sell? No, but look, he's convinced me. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, I, but I agree with what you said. The 16, you know, yeah. it looks great at 16, just not at 25. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. That's a big difference. It and is I, a big difference. I like, I like that stat too on the... On future earnings, the default and yeah, and that. yeah. yeah, and, and when you look at some companies, they're actually very close. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It, the more stable they are, the less the, you need a discount. And that's what you want. Yeah, is that well, when trying, close we're into that. predicting. We want to, we're, we want probabilities working for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So all I want is twenty percent compound return. That's all. It's simple. Yeah. Been a fascinating <laughs> hour. Mark Mullen from Team Invest, thank you kindly <laughs> for <laughs> that safe travels thank and you, safe you. skiing in Japan. Mark Gardner from uh, NBC. I will. See, it will keep the wheels of the economy moving while yes. he, he's off That's doing right. his STEM Christie's or whatever they're called. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm not going to look at my emails. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Uh, that's our uh, show for today. Look, if you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panel, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks. And just like a number of our viewers did today, put your own comments and questions in there because that makes it a lot more interesting yes. as well. Uh, or tweet us on X uh, with your stocks um, uh, using the at TV handle. See you for the call same time tomorrow.